This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Good Monday morning. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner. Apologies for not doing this at midnight on Friday night, but uh, Joey had a weekend to get to. We both had writing to get to. But we are going to wrap up Illinois football's spring ball all today. We have 10 fill-in-the-blank questions we're going to answer. Joey and I will go back and forth. I think it will do a good job of recapping this Illinois football spring offseason. And uh, look ahead to training camp. Look ahead to the 2023 season. Joey Wagner, how was your weekend, man? It was good, man. Nice little getaway diaper parties. That's the new thing in your early 30s as you go to diaper parties at breweries wasn't even i'm used to like diaper kegs in somebody's garage somewhere this is a different change of pace nice you get a lot of those diaper parties here it's kind of right in your wheelhouse of age you get a lot yeah and look man i don't have kids and those things are expensive like we gotta yes we gotta quit having these diaper parties children are very expensive joey it's a very yeah, expensive you know, when i say those expensive. things i mean diapers and wife not like kids that's a pretty important thing that, that diapers are uh very expensive uh before we get to illinois we're going to try and get to some recruiting it's not going to be a recruiting focused podcast but at the end i'll do some quick hitters name some names talk about where illinois stands with some of those guys as well uh but uh this weekend really was about hashtag golf school uh, what a golf weekend for Illinois golf. Let's start with Crystal Wang's historic performance. She goes 9-under-62 on Sunday and really carried Illinois women's golf to its first Big Ten championship in, in program history. I mean, that's a program that's been in place for almost 50 years now. And it's had several Big Ten champions, including Renee Sloan, uh, the head coach, formerly Renee Heiken. Uh, Heiken. She... I was the last one to win a Big Ten medal and Big Ten individual championship. That was back in 1993. She also won in 1991. But just one of the most dominating performances I've ever heard of, seen at the college level. Crystal Wang won by 12 strokes. And uh, I say carried, she did. Uh, but Isabel Sai had a really strong weekend. She finished fourth individually. And this is a women's program that's kind of gradually gradually got better and, and crystal wang's kind of the same thing had a really strong freshman year around the covid seasons wasn't as good uh but uh, was really good last year and then has just taken her game to another level she's going to set the stroke record at illinois uh by two strokes average this season so what an amazing feat joey and uh for the women who have had some you know, big steps forward here in recent years alongside Mike Small and his dominant men's program. Like 
They get those facilities too. Sloan's done a nice job of bringing in some talent from across the country. They got to the NCAA championships in 2019, uh, and now they, they have some momentum going into the postseason. But to get that Big Ten trophy for the first time, what what, what an amazing performance by Crystal Wang. Yeah, that's huge for Illinois. And you're right, she had a pretty good year last year and just put it all together at the right time. It's a shame that was in – I say it's a shame. Like, it was in Pittsburgh, and, like, you wish it would have been a little bit closer for for people to see. But what a what an absolute dominant performance. I don't know if we'll get into the rest of it, but there was, like, an hour yesterday, like, yesterday evening where it was just, like, golf news, golf news, golf news, golf news. And, and she was right. I and mean, the biggest news of all of it, I think, and that was a huge day for her and for the Illinois Women's Golf Program. Yeah, and I caught up with her and Renee Sloan. You can check out that story at Illini Inquirer. Caught up with them late at night, and it was kind of fun talking to Crystal. Like she, you could tell us like she was getting ready for bed. She called me up, and she was just like, I was like, can you explain this day? And she's like, I'm, I really can't even grasp it still. So it was kind of cool to talk to her in that moment where she's had a couple hours to reflect, but it's still kind of settling in. So you could check that out. But uh, one of the all-time great performances, obviously her best uh, round of her career. And then Adrian Dumont to Chassert, man, like, he's the best athlete on campus. I mean, there's some others. Uh, but Dumont to Chassert, just what he's done over his career is unbelievable. He gets his first individual win of the year, but it's his sixth top six finish. He's just so consistent. As Illinois wins the inaugural Fighting Illini Spring Collegiate by 26 strokes, Joey. I, I know it wasn't a, a strong field. Northwestern was the only other ranked team in that field, but Illinois beat them by 26 strokes. They've won six of ten tournaments this year. Uh, I've seen a lot of national contenders at Illinois. This team has national contender written all over it because it's got – DeMonte Chaster at the top, a guy who can win any tournament. Tommy Cool, Pearson Hunt, uh, Jackson Buchanan has been able to to be in contention at the top of tournaments. And then Matisse Bissard, uh, the SIU transfer, really gives them some depth. So they didn't have depth last year. They didn't have a lot of guys they could count on outside of their top two. This weekend was just another great showing from Mike Small's team. And heading into the postseason, winners of 12 of the last 13 Big Ten championships. That's this weekend in New Jersey. And then, of course, the NCAA championships. You got the NCAA regional before that. Illinois didn't get past that last year, uh, and they, and they care about that. Um, they they missed out on the NCAA regional for the first time since 2007. Uh, they are intent on uh, playing far better this postseason. So, not much more you can say about Mike Small's program, but just dominant. No, we knew they were going to dominate this field. Um, the weather probably made it more difficult. Like they won by 26, and, and had it not been so miserable all weekend. You know, that's their home course. You would assume it would have probably been a bit of a wider margin there. But yeah, man, they've they're frustrated, I think, by how last season ended. But they're also a mature group who's been around for a long time and knows the ups and downs and has been as that NCAA uh, situation before. It's really fascinating to see what they're going to do in the postseason. Uh, You mentioned Dumont DeChazard, and not to derail, but you and I have had this talk of which athletes on campus are the best at what they individually are asked to do? He and Olivia Howell, are like, yeah. at least in the top tier, you can make an argument for others to join them. But like they have, they are like written in Sharpie in the top tier there. Yeah. It's going to be the, the Dyke Edelman athlete of the year voting is always interesting. Like the Howell and now crystal Wang kind of conversation is fun. Uh, man, Adrian, is there anybody that's competing with him? You know, Chase Brown was an All-American. Chase Brown would be in that mix. Devin Witherspoon would be Devin, in that mix. Yeah, Devin Witherspoon. But the fact that we're saying, like, Adrian, I think, should be the front runner. I don't know if he will be. Um, but, 
it's just unbelievable career and an unbelievable season so far this year. He's going to break the his own stroke average record uh, this season. So pretty amazing. Oh, and then to wrap up the day, Nick Hardy, the former Illini great, uh, wins his first PGA Tour event, the Zurich Classic. He was teammates with Davis Riley. It's the only team event um, for uh, the PGA Tour. He takes home $1.24 million for the weekend and then has a two-year exemption on the PGA Tour, which is probably more important than the money because it allows him to make a lot more money and just stay on tour. So to do that is is pretty big. I mean, Thomas Peters had a hell of a career overseas. Thomas Dietrich had a hell of a career overseas. But to have somebody on the PGA Tour like Nick Hardy um, – I, Nick was one of my favorite guys I covered in that program, but that's that's a huge recruiting tool for Mike Small as well. But uh, kudos to to Nick on a huge weekend. Yeah, it's a huge recruiting tool for a guy who probably doesn't need many more recruiting tools. But it's just another another example for him to take out on the recruiting trail. But yeah, man, it's not a bad day at the office. One point two million and some guarantees moving forward. Not bad. Do a lot worse uh, for a weekend of work. Good I, for him. That, that's a big win for him. Yeah, that can pay for a lot of. Uh, a lot of his expenses the rest of the year, that's for sure. And he's all the way up to number 39 in the uh, FedEx Cup standings, which you get into those events, that's a lot more money uh, that you're making down the line. All right, uh, transfer news this weekend. Two big official visits. One for Illinois basketball. Quincy Guerriere wrapped up his official visit to Illinois. And now we're just waiting, Joey. I think Illinois obviously feels really good about where they stand with Quincy Guerriere, who we talked about with Piper last week, dove all into how he'd fit, what it means for them. But with Coleman Hawkins still in the air, with Terrence Shannon still in the air, uh, if you can add a piece like this that can play with any of those guys, can maybe have a top you know, three or four role on this team, regardless of who's there, uh, I think would be significant addition for Illinois. So I think they're sitting in a good spot. But we're just still waiting to see if he visits anywhere else or if he has an announcement to make. Yeah, transfer portal recruiting is so much different than, you know, like we're getting a few months away, Jeremy, from us, like calling after official, like, hey, what, what'd you think? And you don't hear much until you hear it from them. But yeah, it'd be a good fit. And you're talking about more roster construction where you fit pieces around and it's not so centric at one or two places. And, and that's, Still feels like the early stages, and you know, eventually there's going to be a domino one way or the other for Illinois basketball, but you want to get as much talent as you can to prepare for as many situations or bolster yourself in case things fall in the right direction. And, of course, if there is news on Quincy Guerriere, Piper and I will convene at some point for an emergency podcast on that. Uh, but if you want more on Guerriere in the meantime, go back, listen to the last podcast that Piper and I did together talking all about this. Uh Another transfer official visit. This one for Illinois football cornerback Jalen Davis just wrapped up his official visit. He's Oklahoma transfer, started 13 games at Oklahoma, pretty experienced, solid performer for the Sooners, obviously at the Big 12 where they throw the ball quite a bit. Um, so, Joey, what, what do you think uh, about Davis taking – Jaden Davis, excuse me. Um, what, do you, what do you make of him – taking this a visit and what Illinois, how he'd fit at Illinois. Yeah. You look at with broth, especially this part of the season, you've got to look at who they're offering, what they're doing. And this tells you that obviously they've been over the moon about Taz Nicholson all year. Like there's, I don't think there's any question that he's the number one cornerback on this team, but then you're looking at a junior college transfer, Caleb Patterson, a red shirt sophomore at this point and Tyler strain, like, there's not a lot of proven depth there. And if you can get an older guy who's been around, that's, I mean, that's a 
what Illinois needs is, as you look at the secondary that's young. So I think that was – we had spent a lot of time talking about, will they add defensive line? What about – and all these things are still on the table, uh, tight end, wide receiver. I don't know that you and I had defensive back uh, super high up the list. So that, No, I'll, I'll raise my hand. Like I, yeah. I, I could understand why you'd want an, another experienced guy, but um, – you know, they added two transfers at defensive back already. I felt Tyler Strain was a guy you felt like could could perform, be a solid starter for you. I think this probably means Caleb Patterson probably needs some time, and maybe they just want to make sure that this defense remains really good and add as much depth as possible because if you have an injury there, uh, you're playing redshirt freshman, true freshman, true freshman, potentially at this position. So um, adding depth, adding competition, forcing Tyler Strain to win the job, or just upgrading over somebody like Strain or Patterson makes some sense. And maximize your best self. We've talked about a number of positions, and defensive back is in that category. If you can get him, I was just scrolling through, I can't find the link now, but 24-7 had a list of top transfers in the portal right now, and he, he's in that top 15 I it's too far down my Twitter the, page. The Athletic had him at number 21 of available transfers. Now, we'll talk about a guy uh, who, who joined that list probably yeah. uh, in a second here, but I think it'd be a really, really good addition. I think, you know, you think of the transfers they've added, um, Jaden Davis would be behind Altmaier is the, the biggest name they've added. I mean, Cario Harper was, was a good get. Um, but he, he didn't really he didn't make an impact really at Louisville, but was an FCS All American. But Jaden Davis played for one of the best programs in, in the country and, and started. Yeah, twenty four seven has him as number five right now uh, available in the portal. You're talking fifteen hundred career snaps. Honestly, that take Taz Nicholson out, and that might be the totality of career snaps for the Illinois secondary. Period. Mm-hmm. You could even, maybe even have Taz nice. Nicholson in there and get pretty darn close. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be the second biggest pickup if they could do it. They, they got him on. I think he was the first. That was his first yes. visit. Um, again, as we just mentioned with Gary, you follow the visits, right? And, you know, getting a transfer on campus is, is important. But Especially that quickly. Getting him out that quickly. I don't know where else. I haven't been able to talk to him yet. As Joey said, it's a little bit different with, with transfers. But from Fort Lauderdale, played at powerhouse st thomas aquinas that's where james white played mike epstein of course played um he was talking with taz nicholson the entire time during that spring scrimmage so florida guys aaron henry being a florida guy uh bielmo with all his connections down there and of course you said the cell i think obviously Jaden davis would have reasons uh to want to wanna play at illinois and, and there's a starting spot uh, available he's got to fight for it but uh you know for his final year of eligibility this would make a lot of sense it would, and we'll see the article. I'm not breaking anything. It's not a VIP. It's a, you know, Florida, he's from Florida. There's probably a number of Florida schools that would be interested in getting him back. So this isn't a, I don't want to make this sound like a lock or anything along those lines, but to get him there is a good sign. There's going to be competition for him. And yeah. that's part of being in the portal, especially this time. I know we kind of talked about it, Jeremy, last time, but this time in the portal feels like schools have a lot more urgency because they just had 15 spring practices to see where they don't feel comfortable and you're seeing things go pretty quickly and there's, um, there's and just not, not a lot of, of yeah. not a lot of available guys um right. now corner might be a little different than offensive line like offensive line is just if you're a decent if you're big and can move congratulations on your power five stop and probably probably, yeah. probably a really good nil deal to go along yes, with it yeah. uh one more guy just uh enter the portal that is worth mentioning here A.J. Henning, our old friend, 
uh, former Lincoln Way East star, has played the last three years at Michigan, Illinois, heavily involved in his recruitment. Uh, I don't know if Lovey Smith and that crew, you know, Mike Bellamy recruited his butt off um, trying to get A.J. Henning, but just not a great sell at that point. Uh, not able to land him. He goes to Michigan where he's been a really good special teamer, uh, but as a slot receiver hasn't played uh, a lot. Guy who takes a lot of handoffs, jet sweeps. So I would imagine Illinois is going to check in here. Um, Iowa makes a lot of sense to me because they really need receivers. His quarterback, Cade McNamara, is there. Eric All, tight end transfer from Michigan, is there. They certainly need uh, wide receivers. Northwestern was heavily involved in his recruitment. They just need talent, and especially at wide receiver, would make a lot of sense to me. And the reason I, I don't know like if this will fit perfectly is Isaiah Williams is way more proven. He's a better player right now than, than A.J. Henning. Uh, so A.J. Henning is guaranteed a huge role. And then Illinois seems really high on Hank Beatty and Canary Wilcher. We'll dive more into Wilcher later in this podcast, but slot doesn't feel like the need at wide receiver. If there's a, a big need at wide receiver to me, it is a more perimeter-oriented option. But A.J. Henning is really good. And if he's willing to be a kick returner, punt returner, and rotational guy at wide receiver, yeah, I want him on my team. Yeah, now we also have to acknowledge you could he could have probably done that in Michigan, right? Like, so you, you don't enter the portal because you're looking for the same role. Yeah. Um, but you've got to – I mean, that's one of those – Illinois got to kick the tires and, and see where this goes. I'm with you. All the need to us feels on the outside. I'm sure that will come up at some point uh, in this podcast. But talent's talent, man. NFL talent's NFL talent. Uh, he's not proven at that level and certainly wouldn't be a – Hey, move Isaiah Williams, but you need somebody who's tall who can go on the outside to match with with Pat Bryant, Casey Washington, some of those incoming guys. It's an interesting name, though. It, it's one of those that as soon as it happened, we all messaged each other. Like, wait, wait a minute here. Hello. Uh, the friend Jeff Jones from the Belleville News Democrat, anytime an old Cardinal. It's like hashtag old friend alert. Yeah. This is an old friend alert. Yeah. And, and Brett Bielmo's always said, hey, if you want to come home and play, uh, Illinois guys who went elsewhere, we will definitely be open here. So I would imagine this is just me speculating. I've not, this just happened. I haven't had a chance to dive into this. Um, I would imagine Illinois would have an open door for him and an open communication with him. Uh, it's just, you know, that's a position they're actually, you feel pretty good about um, offensively. And uh, does AJ Henning want more of a proven, like, I am going to get the ball 50 to 60 times? I don't know if that place is Illinois, but we'll see how this goes. All right, Joey, one more thing. You and I both hitting the road this week to cover the NFL draft, and this is going to be the best draft for Illinois in, man, a long time. Like 2012 was an amazing night for Illinois football. They had Whitney Merciless, A.J. Jenkins going the first round, Jeff Allen and Tavon Wilson go in the second round. Um, we could have three guys go in the top two rounds, but definitely three guys likely to go in the top 120, top 100 most likely. But uh, how many Illini do you think get drafted this week, and, and where do you think they go? Mm. So the over-under, if we'd set it, would be four and a half. Yeah. I'd probably go. Because, yeah, Calvin Avery has now been mocked in the NFL.com seventh round. I got a text last week from an agent said, hey, he might have a chance to go late. So – that's probably the right number. I'd still probably go under that because I'm confident four will go uh, with Chase Brown, Sidney Brown, Quan Martin, and Devin Witherspoon. Um, but, yeah, good for Calvin. Alex Pauczewski could be in the mix late. 
I don't know if Isaac Darkangelo gets drafted, but I, I think he'll get scooped up right away. I think Tommy DeVito gets scooped up as a free agent right away. Pilstrom, Kendall Smith will get a chance right away. So I think Avery and Palcheski would be the guys that maybe could make that five, which hasn't happened for Illinois since 2003 to have five guys get drafted in the same year. Oh, one of those two, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Um, if we know Devin Witherspoon's a top 15 pick at this point. I, I think Did you see Albert Breer this morning? I was just going to mention that. Basically, top three, no later than 10, I think was how he reported it. Yeah. It's a pretty good pitch for Illinois. <laughs> Great for Devin Witherspoon, who was on campus uh, for the spring scrimmage on Friday night. I think you and I both think day two, somewhere in that late second, early third for both Quan Martin and Sidney Brown. And then Chase Brown is a – he's a running back. Like, this is going to be a run in- Chase Brown's yeah. talent. It, it's a, just a position that doesn't yeah. – like, you're right. I think you're right. Like, runs. Like, oh, God, now it's starting. So, you yeah. know, if you want your guy going there – and you can do so much maneuvering there in that fifth, sixth round if you're a team. Uh, I, so, I think it'll yeah. be, the, I think it'll be the fourth, fifth rounds when you yeah. get like the the Ty J Spears goes, and then that run starts like Eric Grant, Oklahoma, Roshan Johnson, Texas, Chase Brown, Illinois, the the kid from Pitt, like that whole crew of seven through fourteen running backs. Like I think they're all going to go within you know fifty picks of each other. Yeah, the only exception running back wise is Bijan Robinson, who's going to be a first round pick. Jameer um, Gibbs is in that class yeah. for me too. But yeah, man, that's uh, and then yeah, is it Calvin Avery? Is it Alex Palcheski? Alex Palcheski, obviously everybody wants to be drafted, but he would be he would complete the 2018 offensive line uh, puzzle, I guess, by being drafted. You had Kendrick Gringo, Doug Kramer, Vidarian Lowe, Nick Allegretti. That 2018 team was not very good, and you could look up five years later and have all five starting offensive linemen drafted to the NFL. I know that means a lot to Alex Palczewski. Yeah. He's mentioned that a number of times at pretty much any given turn. Uh, Calvin Avery, though, that's – if you're Brett Bielema, you didn't recruit Calvin Avery. That was a very big win for Lovey Smith. But Calvin Avery really was not much um, until his final year – in school now it helped playing next to johnny newton next to keith randolph but if you're brett bielma you are probably pushing that out far and wide aren't you if he gets drafted yeah that would be a big win like obviously you know the secondary guys are are huge examples of what they can do But you've got that like that's kind of already in the books yeah so i know what you mean like calvin avery looked like his junior his third and fourth years is this, is this ever going to click for this guy? Because you knew the talent was there. But let's be honest, like the weight was an issue. Like Keeping the weight off was an issue. And this last year, he really got it in check, really snapped in for him, and he played some dominant football at times. He's really, I don't want to say unsung hero, but maybe a little underappreciated. I think we did a pretty good job of talking about uh, and showing the film of the plays Calvin Avery would make, but didn't make the big plays. But, boy, he took up a lot of space. Uh, and was by far his best season. Like, I thought he was a good Big Ten nose tackle. So if you're a good Big Ten nose tackle and you're a 3-4 team, you know, seventh-round pick or priority free agent, yeah, I- I'd want to get Calvin Avery in and see if it clicks because if it does, I think the guy could, you know, play a little while in the league. Yeah, very Rod Perry-ish. Yeah, Rod like Perry's on the practice squad, right? Literally the same conversation with him when he left, other than, like, the background was – Unsung, underlooked, you, you see the plays, but it's that's a position that is maybe the most overlooked position like on both sides of the ball for Illinois. 
Uh, and probably broader than Illinois. And so it's the same conversation. As she said, he's on the practice squad with the Browns. Um, so that'd be, yeah, man, that slow rise for him, for Calvin Avery, but a little bit of buzz here down the stretch headed into Thursday's first round and, and then Friday and Saturday. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Joey, let's uh, recap spring ball. Let's do this in a little bit of a fun way. Let's uh, do a fill in the blank because we got to see the open spring scrimmage on Saturday. We saw two open scrimmages, and then we saw some stretching, basically, is what we saw. But being around the team, asking them questions, talking with the coaches, you know, talking with people in the program, we can gather a little bit. But uh, let's start this one with, I think, probably the easiest question or the easiest fill in the blank I'll throw out there. So I'll give it to you, Joey, as the layup. The starting quarterback for Illinois will be Luke Altmeyer. Like I, we got to keep asking. I think we have to. I don't even know if we really truly have to keep asking Brett Bielema. Um, he's not going to tell us until October, August. If it's Luke Altmeyer. He was brought in presumably to be the starter. Illinois wanted a starting quarterback. He wanted a chance to go start a quarterback. Now you got to earn it. Like all the everything that matters in, in terms of sports, you, you not just promised it. No matter what happens in the spring. But it sounds like he didn't do anything to lose it. It sounds like he's gotten better in a grasp of the offense. We saw that in the scrimmage and what he was able to do. So, yeah, it's, it's Luke Altmeyer. It, I don't even know. Like, it was Friday night, Jeremy. We, we had both been at the scrimmage. I'm like, how do I like, – you obviously write it that it's him, but at some point it's like, I don't know that we have to keep doing this every time we talk to Brett. I just don't know that we've got to keep – who's the starter? Who's the starter? Can he – I thought his answer was interesting because I asked him what, what you know what you learn about Luke and he was later asked about the starter and he did his coach thing which is fine I understand you kind of name everybody and put up that as a battle and then he said that the real key was like we have a pretty good idea where we're gonna go ding 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 like that's it and yeah. it's him and barring an injury or barring him just completely falling off a, a talent wise and fall it's him yeah he took the first first team reps of both scrimmages we saw. He took 90% of the first team reps that we saw. He took all of the meaningful ones, and then yes. late Donovan Leary got in uh, on Friday when there was still a shell. Like, it was still the first team, but it was pretty much a yeah. shell as he, as Bielema got 
you know, largely everybody out there. And then just based on how they played, he was by far the best quarterback. Um, you know, Bart, not perfect, but I thought he was really good. I, I thought he doesn't have a cannon for an arm, Joey, but he's got really good touch, um, really good ball placement for the most part. And um, he can just he can just put it where he wants it, which is which is really important. Accuracy is one of the most important things. Gets the ball out very quickly, really decisive. Now we're seeing him go against twos, right? So that's a little bit different. He's protected by a first-string offensive line for the most part. But he can run, too, and I know Barry Loney really likes that. Like, he's explosive. I think he's more explosive than Tommy DeVito, certainly more explosive than Brandon Peters. So I think that element really helps him as well. To me, he looks like a starting caliber quarterback in the Big Ten. Now he's got to get that experience. He's going to have some mistakes. He's going to have to learn from them. Um, but I do think he, he showed himself to be a starting caliber quarterback. So I, I think he's got the skill set to, to be good. Uh, and now we see how he grows, but there's no question. Um, if he's healthy, he's going to be the starter against Toledo. The bigger question, Joey, is the backup quarterback will be. I'll let you take this one, too. I think Donovan Leary. Uh, because when we said that Luke Altmeyer on Friday took all of the one reps until the very end, the guy who came in was Donovan Leary. And it sounds like they're really encouraged with the steps that he's taken, uh, which natural steps, obviously, right, for a full year in college. But he's been impressive to them. And I don't think it's lip service in the sense, like, I think quarterback battle is lip service. But I, I don't think it's lip service to hype him up. I think there's real progress that's been made with him. And, and it shows. And we saw a little bit of him on Friday night. I, I think he's done a good job. And you bring in John Paddock, who, who would be the main competition. And I don't know. I think I know how you're going to answer this. So I'm not stepping on your toes there. But you brought him in in case it doesn't go well uh if you need to go to donovan leary and it doesn't go well but that's what you want you, you want that development over time and i, I think that's him and I, I mean eager to hear kind of just more about him in the fall i know you got a chance to talk with him jeremy yeah. um last week a lot of fun to talk to him and they gave him chances right like they, they allowed him to compete for this job and i think the bigger question is who's the backup quarterback i still think that's a bigger question than who the starting quarterback was. I can see Paddock maybe having a strong camp and, and edging out. Like I think this continues to be a battle going into the season because Donovan Leary has no experience. John Paddock does. So this might not be an answer we have until, say, Altmaier has an injury. Or I say we will not have this answer until you until like literally everybody sees it. Or, or, or pregame we see who's with the backup center. Like yeah, who, who's yeah, taking snaps with Barleth, right? Like I, I still think that might be different than what happens with your back against the wall and the fire. Right. So that's going to be very interesting to see. But I do think right now I would have Donovan Leary as, as the betting favorite to be the backup. And I think that's really encouraging because Paddock does have experience. Paddock has a, some moxie. What he doesn't have is just the physical traits, right? Like John Paddock is really quick. Um, he's got an, like he, he can throw, but he's just smaller, doesn't have the strongest arm. Donovan Leary, like there's timing things I think he can improve, but he's a bigger guy. He's got zip on the ball. He's just I, I don't know if Donovan Leary's got one elite trait. And I wrote this as a prospect, and I still think it's true. But he's kind of good at every, like solid at everything. 
Uh, he's got a solid overall skill set. And, of course, I think the mental part for him is really strong. Coming from his background, obviously with his brother Devin being a, a good starting quarterback in college football now at Kentucky after transfer from NC State, um, I think he's got the edge. And, and I think they really like him. I think they really want to keep him long term. And they think he can be good and potentially be a guy that if, if Altmaier can't go someday, uh, maybe not this year, but maybe next year, like, he can be the guy. So uh, I think they really value him, and I think they're going to give him every opportunity to win that backup job. All right, I, I, I put out this one, Joey, a player I wish we wrote more about. And I'm going I'm going to go with this one first. I wanted you to, yeah. I think we talked to him early in spring camp, but if I had to make like a star of the game outside of Altmaier, <laughs> keep nodding. I know, exactly. It's one of mine, too. I think this guy is so important to the team. Like, there's not many players on the roster who are like him. He was good last year, so maybe we don't talk. We don't. You and I don't focus enough on the guys who are like good, but maybe not great yet from the year before, but could be great this upcoming season. And I'll stop teasing. It's Pat Bryant, wide receiver. He is one of the most important players on this offense. We know Isaiah Williams is. We'll get into the running backs here. We'll get into the offensive line here in a little bit. But Pat Bryant is big. He's athletic. I think he can make plays after the catch. He didn't really show that last year. But they think this 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 passing game can take a step forward. They really do. There's some optimism about where this passing game is at compared to last year. But I think for it to take a next step, they need Pat Bryant to be really good. And I do think he can be. I, I, I think he can be a 700-yard wide receiver in this offense because I think he can, he can get 50 catches and get to that. So I, I think Pat Bryan is really important. He had a phenomenal spring scrimmage the other day. Just some of the adjustments he makes in the air. He's got phenomenal hands, good athlete, solid speed. Uh, just just a little bit more of a playmaker than Casey Washington. I thought Casey had a strong spring from what we saw as well. We just know Casey's not going to make a ton of plays after the catch from what we've seen so far. But if Pat Bryant's good, I think this passing game could take a step forward. So um, maybe I'll write about him in the upcoming week. I nodded like an idiot thinking I had the answer, and I did not oh, have the answer. Okay. Um, I had Pat Bryant for a later to tease for a later one. Um, but, I, yeah, he's the guy who, if you look at how this roster is constructed, and, and there's still receivers, you know, obviously coming into the summer, but look at how it's constructed. He's your guy who, if you're going to stretch the defense vertically, like he feels like your best option because he's long. He can get some of that separation and, and go up and – and find, I know Jay Lehman last year talked about Isaiah, like just a smaller catch, catch radius with Isaiah Williams. He's not a very big guy. And then you conversely, Pat Bryant is quite the big guy. Um, I'm going to go with Dylan Rosier. He was another guy we talked about early. Uh, I know you had a, you were swooning a little bit on Friday night, Jeremy, watching him. I loved him. It, it's hard still to project CJ Hart uh, because we're still largely basing on three quarters two years ago um, with him. And I say that. And he, he was productive at NC State. That, that's not fair to just wipe that off the slate. And he played a um, lot last year. Just yeah, didn't, he, didn't he make any looked, flash plays. Yeah, yeah, it didn't look like himself. And someone's got to replace Isaac Darkangelo. And I think Dylan Rosiak is more of that middle-of-the-field guy with the speed if he needs to drop back in coverage. Uh, Kanan Odaluga is – I mean, I think they're high on him. We, you see he played a, a good amount in that package. But – he still feels a little bit more specialty package, rush the quarterback type than me. To me, so I think Dylan Rosiak is a guy who might look down and 
and he might be on the field. He's Brett Bielma called him a firecracker in camp when they first got in that spring uh, training camp when they first got there. And you're like, yeah, okay, all right. I mean, he's a true freshman that you didn't recruit. We'll see. But, hey, he's still around, and he's a guy who could slide right into that. Yeah, I'll probably talk here a little bit more about Dylan Rosiak in a little bit. All right, Joey, the biggest riser on the depth chart was? Griffin Moore. I had him written down. Yeah, I I got two of them. Oh, yeah, I got two. Uh, Yeah, I think it's Griffin Moore, man. The Illinois Titans – we're not that effective in the passing game outside of, of all the people. I, I don't mean that as a knock to Michael Marquez, but the dude was a linebacker and defensive back for a period of time in his life. Uh, outside of him, the, the passing game with tight ends just really didn't exist much last year. And Tip Ryman would tell you he wants to be better. He, he's the presumed number one tight end. I don't even know if it's presumed like he's the number one tight end. Uh, but he'd tell you he, he wanted to be better in the passing game. And Griffin Moore is a guy who – Seems like a natural, fluid pass catcher. He's a good athlete. Uh, is he the blocker that Tip Ryman is or that Luke Ford or, or whoever the case may be? No. But he can be more active in the passing game. I think Illinois really, really needs that. And notably, Jeremy, we saw more of him on Friday night than we saw of Tanner Arkin, the Colorado State transfer who joined Illinois this offseason. Uh, that's not to wash away any hope of, of Tanner Arkin you know, contributing to Illinois, but I think Griffin Moore was a guy that we didn't know. Like, he's getting to that point where, you, you know, you got your four years, then what? We didn't really know. But, man, he's – there's been really good vibes around him, and that dates back to the Relia Quest Bowl. Yeah. Jeremy, we saw him go and make a catch. I know you chatted with him, too. Yeah, no, had a great conversation with Griffin, and I, it's a guy I wouldn't have had on my list uh, of guys that could break through. I thought he looked really good the other day. Just fluid athlete, good hands, kind of Marco Marquez-like. I think he probably is a more fluid athlete than Marquez, and not quite as long as Michael. But, uh, man, you love to see a fifth-year guy who's been a program guy potentially get a role. Like, I'm not going to put him for 40 catches, but can he do what Michael Marquez did last year, around 20 catches, be a red zone threat? Yeah, I think he can be a guy who can – move the chains in some key moments um and those are the guys you root for man for sure my biggest riser i'm going to repeat a name you said it's dylan rosiak uh dylan rosiak goes from special teamer key core guy there i, I think he's going to be a starting linebacker i really do uh, i think Tariq barnes is going to obviously be team captain and and your mike linebacker but i think dylan rosiak is going to play a big role on this team isaac darkangelo led the team in tackles in that role last year and he's just got some speed he's got some nastiness uh sideline to sideline i think he can be a playmaker uh in this defense so don rosiak i'll just mention him again on this one all right the red shirt freshman fans need to know is i'm gonna go i'm gonna go, go. with someone that maybe i wouldn't have talked about until after watching friday that's henry boyer tight end we talked about tight ends. I surprised Joey there again. A little bit. I had him. Oh, we'll get to it. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I got Henry Boyer there because Tanner Arkin was brought in as, as a transfer. Griffin Moore has stepped up. We know Tip Ryman. He's got to take a step forward as a pass catcher, but phenomenal blocker. There's NFL potential there with, with Tip Ryman. He's still got a lot to prove to get there. But um, really good starting tight end. But depth-wise, unknowns. Griffin Moore, Tanner Arkin. Arkin's a little smaller, shorter, I should say, than I thought he would be coming in, but more like Griffin Moore. They need another long, big-framed guy who can be a blocker, 
who can be a big target in the passing game. Henry Boyer's got that written over it, written all over it. Huge frame. He's about 6'7, 260 pounds. A good, he should be a good blocker. He's had a lot of strength over the last year. And he was a more fluid athlete. And he caught a couple passes. I don't think he's going to be dynamic in the passing game, but just as somebody who can take a drop off and get a couple tough yards, guy who can you know be a huge catch radius in the red zone. I think Henry Boyer can be a significant part of that tight end rotation. Like I would have him in my top three right now. So maybe not a guy who's going to be a star this next year, but a guy who's going to be on the field. Yeah, I had him as one of mine. I crossed him out and replaced him with someone else who I can honorable mention. Quick honorable mention: T.J. Griffin. Uh, because we don't know. Like he started now. Would he start because Matthew Bailey was out? How much does that switch? We don't know. We won't know till fall. Uh, but my answer is Jordan Anderson, because Illinois has been clear that this is going to be a ideally a by committee approach. I think that was the ideal situation last year too. Obviously, an injury to Josh McCray changed that, and, and a guy trying to win the Doak Walker changed that. But Anderson's a big back. He's and we say that, but he's more athletic than I think. He looks just he's so large. He's a good good pass catcher. We saw that at Joliet Catholic High School. He's just a big guy. Like he trucked somebody over on a, a short little drop off on Friday. Feels to me like he's that third guy right now. Uh, Aiden Wofford's still in that conversation, but it feels to me like Jordan Anderson. Yep. Uh, and we heard the buzz. I, I know I've said that on here before, and you said that on here before. But there was buzz dating back to last season. Starting to see that. I think you'll see that carry over with. In a different offense, they're not better without Chase Brown, but I think things are more interesting and they can be a little more idealistic in how they want to divide handoffs to running backs. Yeah, I feel like I've said enough about buying stock in Jordan Anderson on this podcast that I, I want to hand that to you. So well done there, Joey. Um, yeah, if Josh McCray or Reggie Love struggles or gets hurt, I think Jordan Anderson, very capable player, and I, I think he can find a spot in the rotation regardless. I think he can find some uh, snaps there because they're going to go more by committee. All right, the true freshman who made the biggest impression this spring is? Do you want to go? Because I know your answer, and I'll have a different one. No, you go. He's got to be Canary Wilcher. Uh, he's the f- you say someone's the fastest guy on the team, and then all of a sudden everybody on the team, it, like if you not to us, but like you say that around, and there's all sorts of competition because these guys are competitive as heck. Uh, but George McDonald really praised him a few weeks ago and talked about how he's swimming, but he's probably ahead, I think was the word George George used of most early enrollee freshmen. And, and you think, ah, all right, right? I mean, there's literally nothing we can say or do that would disprove that because uh, we don't see anything. But that, the, the more people you talk to, the more we watched, it doesn't feel like that was just a pat on the back in front of cameras from George McDonald. It does seem like he's really earned some trust he led the state of florida in receiving which is no joke yeah. uh, it's, obviously it's florida we wondered I, I think our big wonder with him was okay isaiah williams pencil him in starting role huge role and i still think hank Beatty is behind isaiah williams but we also saw on friday in limited amounts this isn't trying to make hank Beatty sound like an outside wide receiver we saw them move him around which opened the door for wilcher to get in there and get some snaps so there's not a huge list of – I mean, there's a good number of early enrollees, but I think he's the one who you look at and say, he's got that that burn, that speed, and they, they prioritized yards after the catch and playmaking, and, and he would fit into that category for me. So I guess I'm going to lean with, with him for now. 
Yeah, there's uh, he's a different speed, man. Like, yeah, he, he's going to be top percentile, couple percentile for Illinois in, in terms of speed. And you know, we talk, we're talking about taking the top off of defense, and you'd love it for it to be a long guy like Ashton Hollins or you know Ian Pugh down the road or, or Malik Elzey when he comes in. And Malik's probably going to be in the two deep when he gets here. Kadari Wilcher is in the two deep right now, so I think uh, that that was really telling. And there's a lot of excitement about him because he's just different like he's different than hank Beatty, speed wise um and he's a little different than isaiah williams so i think he's a guy who can play right away and, and i think he will i think in that wide receiver room there certainly is room for that all right um the player i feel no, better no, no, you, you didn't answer oh i didn't answer yeah i still gotta answer mine brandon henderson i had a hot take I kind of leaned into this a little bit as a uh, when he was a recruit, but of the East St. Louis offensive linemen in that class, like Miles McVay, really good prospect. He's at Alabama. Paris Patterson, really good prospect. He's at uh, Arkansas. But Brandon Henderson, I watched his film and I said, I think his ceiling might be as high as anybody. And some people agreed with me about that. And I know Illinois was really high on him. He was late to football. He's still a little raw. And, boy, we saw some reps where Keith Randolph owned him or Johnny Newton or Gabe Ackes or whoever owned him. But I don't know if anybody gained more by this spring than Brandon Henderson enrolling early, getting second team and first team snaps at tackle when they would rotate Julian Pearl out. This is a guy that I don't think is going to play this year. But we're going to be talking about next year's potential starting tackle at Illinois. And I think he was under-recruited. I really think Brandon Henderson was really under-recruited. If he had another year of development at the high school level, I think we'd be talking about him as a top 247 prospect, all of that. So I think Brandon Henderson, like we heard Barry Loney talk about him a few times. I mentioned him a few times without anybody asking about Brandon Henderson. So I think they're extremely high in his long-term potential. I've always been high on his long-term potential. And I think enrolling early was massive for Brandon Henderson. Yeah, I, I talked to a couple coaches early in spring, and they would say like they'd rewind his film – because he he'd do something on the offensive line and it'd be like, you're you're probably not supposed to do that right yet. Uh, now he I think it was like a kick out, and then you'd kick and he'd freeze and and he'd look like a freshman again who's supposed to be at the prom this week or whenever that case may be. Uh, but it's one of those guys that like he shows those flashes. Obviously he's a a true freshman, but it feels like next spring when we're looking around and we're talking about. Julian Pearl and, and Isaiah Adams preparing for the NFL drafts, like who's going to be the tackle? They're, we're inevitably going to talk to Brandon Henderson, and the question's going to be, boy, last spring kind of sucked, huh? Like going up against those guys, but how much did that help you? Like that's going to be the story with him. I don't know that he'll win the battle next year, but he, he's going to be a real, real, real contender. Obviously, rosters can change Jeremy so yeah. much on terms of additions, but he the appraise for, for him has been like far and wide and pretty effusive. Uh, Brett Bielma said he's taken more snaps than anybody this spring, just given playing on the uh, with the ones, the twos, the devos, the guards, the tackles. It's a really, really big spring for him. It sounds like he maximized it. Yeah. All right, let's go back to this one. The player I feel better about after this spring is – I got this one, Joey. Hugh Robertson, my fellow 30-something-year-old man uh, – I thought he had a really strong spring from what we saw. He ended the season really well. We've talked about 
He really struggled. Some of his struggles really cost Illinois in some losses. But I thought he looked really good in the spring. We only seen two open spring scrimmages. The thing we do see more than anything during the 10 or 15 minutes is punting and uh, kicking. And uh, I think Illinois' kickers look good. We've talked about that before. But I thought Hugh Robertson looked like he'd improved a lot. I don't know if that's just gained from experience. Uh, I don't know if that's because of what Robbie Disher has done with him and the new specialist staff. But um, he's got to do it in games. And it's different when you got all that pressure on you in games. I'm, I'm still not saying I'm like uber confident because of what happened last year. But the way he ended the year, what we've seen from the spring, I do feel better about the starting punter, Hugh Robertson. I don't feel like he's being threatened for the job, even though Declan Dooley has a big leg. Yeah, I'm going to repeat an answer from earlier, and so we won't go too far into this, but Donovan Leary. Like, you wanted him to, to show he could win that backup job. You and I are of the belief he's well on the way to doing that. It sounds like he had a good spring. Long term, you feel better about who you have at quarterback as, as you wait for him to – continue to go through the developmental process there are other possibilities you mentioned pat bryant i think reggie love would be in that conversation as well but donovan larry did we think donovan larry did exactly what it feels like they hoped he would do which is come in and have the spring and move up the depth chart yeah. all right let's go back to the backfield the running back who leads Illinois and carries this year joey is we're gonna have way different answers on this Ooh. I, th- I think it's josh mccray like, yes, I do feel like last year was, was rocky. He was hurt. I mean, just, just setback after setback. And it feels like that freshman year, which was really, really good, is kind of like brushed aside and, and not thought about as much, which, I, I mean, I get it. You, you've got to go back and you've got to do it again. But we think the offensive line is going to be pretty good this year. So that's not going to be a concern, uh, we don't think. So I, I think it's him. He is – he looked two years ago like that running back of the future, uh, as fans do, that they worried about keeping him because that's what you have to do in, in this transfer portal world of college athletics. Feels like him, man. It, it feels like – I know who your answer is going to be, and I'm excited to hear um, your your explanation, but yeah. McCray's still a really good back, man. And yeah. I think he's going to have the chances, and I think he's going to be healthy enough to deliver. Yeah. Um, I I thought he looked really good uh, the other day. I, I thought the first spring scrimmage we saw still looked a little hesitant. Didn't see some flash plays out of him. But I thought the other day he looked more himself. He looked confident. We saw him hurdle somebody. We saw him run through somebody. We saw a little bit of burst that we didn't see. And I think that was all confidence from what we've gathered from from last fall. It's just when he came back from injury, just wasn't wasn't the same. Didn't feel confident in his body. We hear that all the time. Like CJ Hart was probably going through the same stuff last year. So I do think he's going to be huge. And if he stays healthy, he he absolutely could lead in carries. I do think it's Reggie Love though, because I do think he is more dynamic. I thought he looked like he had burst. I think the vision is where he needs to improve. And I think he that comes with experience most likely. But he's a tough runner. We saw him continue to carry piles and run away from people after that. And I just think he's trustworthy. Like I feel like among the blockers, among running the offense, I just feel like he's got the best overall skill set of all those backs. But if I had to break this up, Joey, I go with Reggie Love for like 160 carries, Josh McCray for like 130. Jordan Anderson, 50. Aiden Lawfrey gets a couple dozen. Like, 
I, I can see, and Luke Altmaier is probably going to be a factor in the running game as well. So uh, I think it's going to be very close between Love and McCray, and that all assumes, of course, health, which for this position you can never assume. Yeah, I, I think you, that's a great point. We should make it clear. Like, I don't think the, we are of the belief there's going to be a significant gap like there was a year ago between one and two. That's going to be a much closer number. Uh, and Reggie loves a perfectly fine and reasonable answer because he's available, man. Like, he, he has been available. Barry Lunny said before spring, which has obviously changed. He's like, I hadn't he's seen him healthy. Like, he's the only one I've really seen healthy and play in games. And I, I think last year was big for him because he did have some runs that are confidence building and, and showed what he's able to do. So, yeah, I, I think we're – I'm not splitting hairs, but we're talking, like you said, a difference of 25, 30 carries. All right, just a few more to get to. The hardest position starting group to predict is – defensive backs because we know we know one starter at one position for sure which is Taz Nicholson as the starting corner uh, as we saw we talked about they were in the portal exploring for a secondary corner uh, we, there's a few options there and we think we know that Matthew Bailey and Xavier Scott are going to be starters I feel more confident thinking Scott's going to be a nickel than I think you know he'd be anywhere else well, we don't know. Is Matthew Bailey a free safety? Is he a strong safety? Is he? We, we don't know. And that probably depends on what else happens behind him or around in that safety room. So I think we know most of the players. Uh, the alignment still probably leaves some to wonder. Yeah, I think that's the right call because they could still add a piece here. Um, they could still change positions with some of these guys whether strong safety, free safety, nickels you were talking about. But the other one for me would be offensive line still. Because well, do they add a center? Can they add a center? Or do they feel good about Josh Crutes? I thought Josh Crutes looked pretty solid the other night. I wasn't – you know, when you don't have a replay, you can't go back and watch some of the line play, so that's a little bit more difficult. But uh, I thought the, the starting group did pretty well. Um, does Zy Crystal replace Jordan Slaughter? Is Jordan Slaughter – win that job does I Chris move to right tackle and beat out Josh Geske all of that stuff I still think can can play out here so um, I still think that's a tough position group to kind of figure out as well the biggest remaining concern for Illinois football is oh. tight end I think it's tight end because I don't know beyond I don't feel very comfortable at my I'll let, I'll let you go before I tell you what I wrote my other options to be. You know, no. actually, forget that. Let me let me remake this. Let me remake this. The youth in the defensive secondary. Yes. That that to me is is a concern because you know I asked Aaron Henry about this and kind of not the runaround but a very optimistic answer. Can they still play man with the youth they have back there? They're so effective in man and and he thinks yes. I'd like to see that. Um, before I go all the way in. But I think just the you went from such an experienced group with so much NFL talent to a, a group that just doesn't have the snaps under their belt. Yeah. And you're seeing that with what they're doing in the portal. So I think it's youth in the defensive secondary. Yeah, we mentioned that number. What was it, 70-something percent of snaps? Illinois yeah, yeah. played man. Um, and they could do that because they had that secondary, but that also allowed them to get more pressure on the quarterback. But I find it fascinating, Joey, you're talking about that. I think Aaron was mentioned, yeah, we'll probably play a little bit more zone. That's what I got out of it. Uh, but they're still going to be a man team. Like, I think they're predominantly still going to be a man team. And I think Brett Bielma mentioned we need to get more out of our pass rush. We need to get more of our pass rush. 
Was that because he knew they were going to be young in the secondary and they were losing NFL guys in the secondary? I think it kind of goes hand in hand that, hey, we need guys to win more one-on-one battles, maybe one guy to take on some double teams and be able to occupy that double team. Uh, so I'm, I'm fascinated by that to see what Charlie Bowling gets out of. I think Seth Coleman's got more in the tank. We know Gabe Ackes has more in the tank because he was just a freshman and he can only get better from here. But those two, I think, are NFL players. We know what Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph can do. Um, so that fascinated me. Um, that I, I think Brett Bielema thinks more they can get more out of Seth Coleman and and those outside linebackers Gabe Ackes and Alc Bryant uh, I think is a really solid piece behind them and Jared Beatty looked the part to me um, still probably got a way to go developmentally but uh, really really impressive physique on him now so I think we could we could throw a lot into here but you know I still am a little concerned about offensive line I guess outside of those two starters. Because I, Chris, I expect to be better, but Josh Kurtz and Josh Getsky, it, it they need to step up, or Jordan Slaughter needs to step up into a solid starter um, because their offensive line was really good for the most part last year. Is it going to be as good, and what's that mean for a running back crew that doesn't have Chase Brown? But I still think the most important thing here is the passing game has to be better. It got better last year. It needs to take another step. They still need to prove that, and there's still some depth concerns for me at wide receiver, maybe Malik Elzey answers all those. Or Colin Dixon and Malik Elzey answer all those when they come in. So we'll see. We'll see. That was my outside I had this tight end mistake, but wide receiver depth was my my second one. I think slot they've got some really good options that they're excited about. But there's just still a lot of youth beyond Pat Bryant, beyond Casey Washington. So that yeah, the feels like it's a, a smaller list, Jeremy, I think, than we've ever talked about after a spring game, uh, which is the part, process of building a program. But there's still very important things that they've got to they've got to address or prove to us, not prove to us, but yeah. but show on the field. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, before we get out of here, Joey, let's talk a little bit about recruiting. I, I'm just going to wind through this pretty quickly. Um, we could do a recruiting show later on in the offseason here, but I do want to mention uh, Andrew McCollum, three-star offensive uh, defensive tackle, defensive lineman out of Ohio, had an offer from Pitt, which has done pretty well with offensive or defensive linemen here. Recently, um, I think that's a really solid get to start their defensive line, and we've talked about they need to win some – so battles in the defensive line. Terrence Jamison gets a guy who's got another Power 5 offer pretty early in the process. I think they did a good job of prioritizing him, getting him on campus, getting him on campus again, and then closing the deal here pretty quickly. I just think he's a really solid overall prospect. Um, some good burst, and they might have gotten a guy under the radar a little bit because 
he was he was injured part of last year uh, so he didn't have a full year of film so maybe some teams wanted to see him more in some camp settings so I don't know I seem to feel pretty good about this I don't think it's going to be you know one of their premier gets in this class but you talk about foundational adding defensive line depth this certainly adds to that yeah I agree that was a I think he was probably going to end up with more offers he had some but at a position that we've talked a lot about them struggling to land defensive linemen despite how good the sell is uh, to get one early, somebody who is probably a little bit overlooked uh, just for a lack of, of junior season tape, that's good for them to, to lock that down and get a good start on that that position, which is going to be – they're going to need defensive linemen, uh, a lot of them in pretty short order here. Yeah. All right, they got several official visits set up over the uh, coming next couple of weeks – or not couple of weeks, uh, next month. Some of their top guys are already kind of locking in official visits. Uh, you can check that out on the site. Just check out the, the football recruiting official visit tabs. Uh, I did put in – I mean, these are public now, the crystal balls. For wide receiver Carlos Orr out of Tennessee and defensive lineman Demetrius John of Ohio. I don't think anything's imminent there, Joey, but uh, George McDonald is making Orr a top priority Six foot three, six foot four, really long, athletic, attacks the ball in the air. We talked about it. Illinois needs more of those guys, and they need to keep taking uh, some chances on these guys. But Orr's getting some other Power Five interest now that Illinois has come in, and uh, McDonald's supposed to visit him this week. He's going to take an official visit at some point. So I, he feels like a guy that another visit uh, you could close this one down because they have made him a top priority, and he has no other Power Five offers at the moment. The other guy, Demetrius John, I think this kid's really good. Uh, Illinois probably don't want me saying it. I think he should have more offers. Um, he's got a couple other Power 5 offers. I believe Boston College is one of them. Another one I can't think off the top of my head. But um, really long, athletic. I think he played a 4-I or 5 technique uh, or the 3-technique. But, man, going to Ohio. Like Terrence Jameson, I know he hasn't gotten those in-state kids, but he's gone to Michigan. He's gone to Missouri. He's gone now to Ohio. He's going across the Midwest. And I, I think Demetrius Johnson, no doubt, power five guy. I would be very excited. Like he's already turning into like one of my guys in this class. I think he's really good. Yeah. Already? Yeah. I I just I I just look at this film, man. I think this guy should have more offers. And uh JMO does a really good job developing. Um so if you give me the you give me those traits, you give me the tenacity the desire to get better. Illinois has done a phenomenal job recruiting him, and he's already locked in his official visit. So I just think they're the clear leader right now. We'll see what happens over the next month or two. Yeah, I'm with you there. And, and we're starting to see you know, getting McCollum on board and feeling, you know, you feeling good about where they are with, with Orr and John. You're starting to see them starting to build that web around some, some visitors and, if not committed people, uh, people who are leaning towards Illinois pretty heavily. So what we thought we'd see from Illinois going into official visit season, which is six weeks away, give or take. um, And you're starting to see that come to fruition. Yeah. They got a lot of Florida DBs locked up for some official visits. Vernon Woodward, Bernard Causey, Chase Green, a few of those. I like all of them. They all look like Illinois defensive backs out of Florida. Um, So they're going to get a couple of those guys. I'm not concerned about recruiting defensive backs right now for Illinois. They're shooting their shot high for some guys. Xavier Lucas got offers from Alabama, some other schools. I've heard he's locked in an official visit for Illinois as well. Uh, So they're going to land some Florida DBs and I think do pretty well. Of course, the in-state guys are the most interesting. and um, They've already added Brandon Hanson, offensive lineman, who is massive. I think people probably saw his picture. I did not think he was that large. I did not think he was oh, that big when he committed. 
not quite white Nackian, but I would qualify him as a van, right? That's what Brett Bielma or Bart Miller called him was a van. Yes, yes, he, he called did he get did he, get did he get did he get the van deal? No, I don't think he's driving a 1996 Astro van to practice, despite our finest hopes of that happening. Maybe when he becomes a starter. Maybe uh, the starting right guard job is his next year's. And- Come to Illinois where you can be the starting right guard and drive a 1996 Astro van. I do not think that's an NIL deal you shoot Dude, all the way up. <laughs> it's a vehicle that you don't got to pay for. I mean, it is. A dealer vehicle, man. It is a very niche vehicle. It'd be very, like, that's a great feature story. Like don't that you oh, I'd be all, look, yeah. I hope it happens. <laughs> I hope people like that's boy, that's tough. Uh, so Brandon Hansen. Um I, I think is a solid first get on the offensive line. Bart Miller did a good job there. But there's a lot of top twenty five in state targets uh, who recently visited. Marquise Lightfoot. Um I talked with him. Very positive. Like I'm, I'm not going to predict Illinois to beat Alabama, Ohio State, and all these other Miami, Florida, all these schools. But he's visited Illinois multiple times over the last month. That's a good sign for Illinois. I'm Marion Stewart. I think Illinois is more of a long shot there. Michigan seems really good there, but they get him on campus. Luke Williams on Naperville North safety. It sounds like it could be an Illinois Purdue battle for a safety from the state of Illinois. So you're basically selling the same thing. Because Ryan Walters and Kevin Kane, Brett Bielman and Aaron Henry, that'll be fascinating. Tyshawn Griffin, Morgan Park, wide receiver. I think Illinois is doing well there. Eddie Turk gets back to campus, man. I think Illinois is a major player for Eddie Turk. A defensive lineman, offensive lineman could play either. Austin Alexander out of Marion Catholic just visited. Darion Dupree, I think Wisconsin's going to be tough to beat there, but I think Illinois has got a really good sell for running backs. I think he's a perfect fit. It's kind of a dynamic threat. They just offered Joe Barna out of Wheaton North, an edge rusher, Charlie Bowen, one of his first offers. Early, you know, word on Charlie Bowen is pretty positive as a recruiter. Uh, Lightfoot really likes him. Uh, seems like he's done pretty well there. And then Illinois offered Carson Conkle, tight end slash edge rusher. I think he'll probably be a tight end. Uh, but out of Pinckneyville, uh, Illinois, downstate Illinois, Indiana offered first, but Illinois, I think, is a, is a better situation. But he's going to come up for an official visit as well. So they're in the mix for a lot of top 25 in-state targets. This is what you want, Joey. We'll see how many they can close on. Yeah, it's a similar situation to last year, but the sell's better, right? Right. They were in on a lot of some of those top 25 guys a year ago, and, and we'll see. I mean, we're starting to get into that, that point, Jeremy. It was six weeks away, which feels like a long time, but for us – um, in our minds, it does not feel like that long before this has to be a thing. But hey, Brett Bielma still like this isn't this isn't just falling off on the state of Illinois now. Like, and I think it's still coaches wanted to continue to see that commitment continue to play out, and that has, and they're in the mix now. Like the, the relationships they built since they got hired are are helping them be in the mix for some of these guys who. Not to keep going back, and I think at some point we probably should stop, but who four years ago, five years ago, Illinois was not in the mix with these guys. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Joe Wagner, I think we covered it all. Uh, spring ball recruiting. We did talk mm-hmm. golf. We had a message about uh, what a weekend for golf. We actually led the podcast with that. Uh, we do have one question I want to get to. Angelo said, why did Brett change it from a spring game to a live scrimmage? Go ahead, Joe. Well, I mean, look, it, the, the weather was going to be horrible Thursday. And, and the point is, if you start a practice and the spring game is this practice, it doesn't matter if you get five minutes or two hours into it. It counts all the same. And when you have a stadium full of people and TV crews and cameras, 
it's a lot harder just to walk up the hill and go into the Smith or the Irwin Indoor facility and get that work in. So when it became clear that Thursday was off the table and, and by the way, Big Ten Network was off the table, you and I are of the belief that Brett Bielma could put more control over like a, a normal game setting. You could run certain things you wanted to run and and have more control over that. I still think we got a lot of looks uh, as like it was basically a game. Yeah. I, I don't think it was entirely different than what we would have seen. Certainly it was different, but that that's why. I mean, it once it became off of TV, it's, it was a practice that people could go to and there was no need to keep it as a game. Once TV was no longer an option. Well, Brett Bielma moved it because he didn't want to lose the practice. Right. It was more important to get the practice in for this Illinois football program than to try and play the game and then get it canceled, which it would have been. Like, if they went through with it, it would have been canceled. They would have lost the practice. Um, they couldn't have made it up because once you start, you have that, that's, that counts as a practice by the NCAA. Uh, and once it was moved off TV, uh, they could have done a stream or something like that, but Brett Bielma didn't want to show his hand at Toledo. He didn't want to show his hand. And anybody else. Kansas would probably be the bigger one. I mean, that's no knock on Toledo, but you Toledo's, don't want to. Toledo's a good Mac program, right? Like, that's a team that if can. It's not, if it's not on national TV, there's no sense in putting it on camera. Correct. Correct. So, yeah, it's a bummer for fans that wanted to watch it, that, that wanted to see a little bit of it. Uh, I know some people were mad at me for not tweeting everything. Well, I was on my phone, I wasn't in the press box, and we had a huge recap afterwards. I, I get that. It's, it's less seeing of them, but I thought for what they wanted out of this practice, which was to get development out of their players. They had it open to fans if they wanted to be there. Uh, they showed their team a little bit, but they didn't show too much. So out of a bad situation, I thought it worked out fine. And to be honest with you, recruiting-wise, it worked better because they had two days of of a lot of good visitors uh, coming up on campus. Uh, moving, oh, So we'd seen Brett Bielma go Monday night, Thursday night. Intent, the intent was Thursday night. I think he wants to find those win- – like, if you, if you look forward, Jeremy, into next year, I think he wants those windows. Saturday is great to have people in the stadium, but TV-wise you're competing for Big Ten Network time against the rest of the Big Ten. So I still think you'll see this on some of those not – is that fair to say non-traditional nights in college football? Um, so I, that, I'm really interested. Is there, what do you think is the ideal day for them? day of the week for yeah. them to do this understanding what Brett wants out of it the ideal day for fans for attendance is Saturday the problem is you're competing with every other Big Ten team you won't be on TV Northwest. I thought Friday night was perfect I think Friday night would be good if they can pull that off and if the Big Ten's okay not running lacrosse right? I think that could work out pretty well for them um, but yeah Thursday's tough I, I wouldn't want to try and do a Thursday if they can lock it in maybe right now and be like, hey, Big Ten, April 20, Friday, April, whatever, let's lock in that day. Because I do think there's a lot of lot to be gained um, by being on TV. But I also think recruiting-wise, getting fans there, a Friday night under the lights would be really good. So I, I think it's smart to do something different when you're Illinois. You're not Ohio State. You're not uh, Michigan, even Michigan State or you know some of Penn State. Those, those are going to get the top ones. going to get the most viewers. But for Illinois to get attendance and TV, I think Friday night would be the best. Yeah, we should say, like, given it was a scrimmage that got changed 36 hours or whatever it was before, attendance was pretty good. Um, that wasn't great. By, 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 by the metric of Illinois football spring game standards here. Like, it, was, it wasn't like you see some of the numbers from across the country, and I'm sitting, I'm like, good God. 
that, that is a lot of people to spring game, but it was fine. For, for what we've seen out of Illinois spring games, I thought it was a fine turnout. It could have been much better, obviously, but I thought it was okay. Yeah. Um, eventually, you'd like to see those spring games bring a lot more people. Um, man, it was amazing what happened with Colorado <laughs> this past weekend. For all these players are entering the transfer portal, whatever it is, but um, yeah, you would really like to see a couple, you know, tens of thousands of people at these events at some point, but like if they if they have a nine win season this year or they win the Big Ten West, maybe you do do a Saturday, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe you can get more attractive to the Big Ten Network at that point. Right, absolutely. All right, Joe Wagner, thank you for the insight as always, man. Thanks, man. All right, thank you to everybody that watched live on our YouTube. Hit us a like on the way out. Subscribe to us. Hit the notifications bell for whenever we do new videos. And if you're listening on the podcast, give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcast. We have a very busy week of content. Joey and I hitting the road to cover some NFL draft. We can't wait to do that. Of course, basketball recruiting news. Derek Piper's all over that. Football recruiting news has been hot and heavy here. Plenty of that on the site as well. And we got plenty of spring wrap-up coming up on our uh, on the as well so for everybody have a great day take care of each other and we'll talk to you next time right here on the online inquire podcast bye everybody